Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, Terry Marcroft joins us to talk about her nonprofit organization called unplannedgood.org, how it helps expectant moms learn about adoption. Well, hello and welcome to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder. This is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption, where we give you the inspiration, the resources, and hope to start on the adventure that you're thinking about 24-7, and that is building your family through infant adoption. So thank you for joining me today. You know, if you're struggling on the journey, are you just starting considering adoption, or maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed even on how to start and trying to find an adoption agency, I want you to know you're not alone because there's help. Choosing an agency is one of the first decisions a hopeful adoptive parent can make. It's also one of the most difficult ones. The choices can just be overwhelming. I mean, there's thousands of agencies to choose from and one agency can operate different from the next. So how do you choose? What makes a great agency? Who can you trust? And how do you even find agencies? Well, I'm going to help you cut through a lot of that overwhelm and confusion to not only learn how to, how and where to find agencies, but to choose the right one that you can trust all the way through your journey to adopt. I've created a brand new guide that will help you answer these questions. It's called How to Find the Right Adoption Agency in Four Steps. This is a free resource for you. It walks you through where to find adoption agencies, how to evaluate them, and choose the right one. Just go to findmyadoptionagency.com and you'll see how to get this free guide. Okay, so Terry Marcroft is a mom through adoption. She's also the founder of unplannedgood.org. She's our guest today, and as an adoptive mom, she really knows how fortunate she is to have her daughter, and also how very rare her story is. So not quite 10 years into raising her daughter, she did some research, found out that less than 1% of girls facing unplanned pregnancy choose adoption for their babies. So digging into the reasons why, Terry conducted several focus groups in her home. She discovered most women facing unplanned pregnancy simply don't realize adoption's an option. They believe they must choose between parenting or terminating their pregnancy. And as a seasoned marketing executive, Terry has deep and broad experience in communicating a precise message to affect this change. So she founded Unplanned Good to promote adoption as a viable option to women facing unplanned pregnancy. It's a great interview with Terry. Let's get into that right now. Okay, with us on the show today is Terry from unplannedgood.org. And welcome to the show, Terry. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Tim, for having me. I'm doing great today. Great. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, we've been talking a little bit before the interview just about your your website and your mission and everything you've got going with it. And I'm just so happy to have you on. I think it's just a message that a lot of people need to hear uh, about Unplanned Good and what you guys are doing. So uh, I would love it if you just start with just kind of sharing your story, like how and when you adopted your daughter and then what led you and how you got started with unplannedgood.org. Absolutely. I appreciate that very much. Um, the way that all of this unfolded, uh, like many couples who plan to adopt, my husband and I, you know, we're having a hard time uh, conceiving. And so we struggled with that for a couple of years, looked into adoption and ended up having a fabulous adoption experience. And we were able to bring my daughter home from the hospital right after she was born, the day after she was born. And uh, that was in 1999. So that was almost, that was 20 years ago. And we had such a beautiful adoption experience 
that I had no way of knowing at the time what a blessing that was and how fortunate we were. So you adopted through Lifetime Adoption Center, which we did too, all three of our kids. And uh, what what did you think about Lifetime? Oh, we had a wonderful experience with Lifetime. <laughs> they were extremely uh, well prepared with not only all the information that I needed to know, but they also were into uh, the birth parents and the adoptive family in a post-adoption way. Hmm. And so they, they were really wonderful through the whole thing. Yeah. I can't say enough good about them. In fact, I always give Libby a plug because Libby has been with them. I don't know as long as we've known lifetime and she kind of talked us off the ledge of the whole open adoption thing. Cause it was so new to us and we didn't know what to expect. And we were kind of scared of it. And she talked us off the ledge and got us uh, graciously moving towards <laughs> accepting open adoption and God bless her for doing that. Cause we certainly right. learned a lot and, and learned yeah. the right way to go about adoption. Yeah. We worked with Marty Caldwell directly who was oh, the one yes. who started lifetime, but that was 20 years ago. And uh, since then, Marty's written several wonderful books on adoption, too. Yeah, and we've had her on the show, too. Marty has uh, came on the show, one of my earlier podcast episodes. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I would invite anybody listening to this that want to know more about lifetime adoption. I'll put that link in the show notes. But uh, that was a great interview with Marty. She's, she's wonderful. Fabulous. Yeah, it's a great group. And so we, you know, bebopped along through the next decade or so. And like a lot of my friends who had put off childbearing until their late 30s, I had a lot of friends who were facing uh, infertility and kind of surprised by it and trying to overcome it and figure out what to do. And then those same friends actually started looking into adoption and asked me, Terry, you know what, this seemed like it was so easy for you and we're having a hard time getting connected with a birth mother it's not happening for us. We've been waiting for years and it, it just turned out to be such a difficult challenge to overcome for them that I started looking into it. And I thought, why is that, that they're having such a hard time adopting and what's the problem here? Cause it seemed pretty, you know, it went pretty smoothly for us, thankfully. And when, when we got to the bottom of it, the fact was in Northern California, there were very, very few babies available for adoption. So I found that out when my daughter was probably eight or nine years old and thought, well, why is that? Why are there so few babies available? And it turned out to get to the bottom of it that women who are facing unplanned pregnancy choose between parenting and abortion without even giving a nanosecond of thought to adoption. And then when I started looking into that, why are they not considering adoption? It turned out through my research, I found that people just weren't suggesting it to them. And they weren't thinking about it on their own. They were just maybe consumed in crisis mode, but they weren't, they weren't thinking about it and no one suggested it. And I thought that's gotta change. That just has to change. So that's why I started Unplanned Good. And when, what year did you start Unplanned Good? 2008. Yeah. So you've been at this for a little while. Have you uh -huh. seen an increase or, or what have you seen over the years as far as our number of women that actually are trying to find adoption as a, as a good option for them? Um, 
Well, the um, the numbers are actually surprising. Nationally, it's under 2% that are adoption and make an adoption plan. In Northern California, that number is under 1% of wow. people who who consider and, and make, make an adoption plan, place their babies. And so there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of work yet to be done in, in putting this on the radar, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And I... And I know your your background is in marketing, and so that's a kind of a perfect fit for you to try to get the word out and and reach expectant women and try to get them to use or find adoption as a viable option. And and would you say that's your that's the primary mission there, promoting adoption, kind of almost like a third party or a outside of an adoption agency? I think a lot of women will go on the internet; they're like in crisis and they don't know what to do. And if they even know about, I should say, even if they know about adoption, they'll go on the internet and say, what are my options? And they'll find an adoption agency that says, hey, are you pregnant? Uh, you need help. And they could go right to an adoption agency. So what I love about your site is you've got, you're getting the word out as an option for adoption and not being tied to an agency. You're just giving information for them. Is that correct? Yes, that is a benefit of being able to speak very objectively about it and from the heart with absolutely no uh, monetary interest at all. And I don't begrudge adoption agencies that they have to charge for their services because they are in business to, you know, to break even, of course, and they are professionals. Um, but the difference is, yes, you're right. We, we have no vested interest in people uh, making an adoption plan, and we don't profit from that at all. And I've never taken a salary from Unplanned Good either, and I don't want to. And so it's all about getting the message out there. And the void that I uncovered as a marketing person for my own information, women facing unplanned pregnancy just don't even think about it. And if you if you trust for them to find adoption online that may or may not happen with search engines maybe it happens a tiny bit more but the fact is that most of these young women when they get into crisis mode they do turn to their mom it might be their dad it might be an aunt a teacher a neighbor it could be anybody and that's why we make an effort to get the word out in general, especially to the 40-somethings and 50-somethings who are in that mentor role, that it increases the chances that a young woman will consider adoption seriously if her mom or that other mentor in her life sits her down and says, Let, let's look at this. Yeah, so true. I mean, I think probably all of us listening to this would have known at least one person in our life that had an unplanned pregnancy and, and didn't know what to do and didn't know where to turn. Right. So I think we all can share in that uh, ability to promote adoption as an option. Right. Well, so, and, and as a marketing person, when I first thought, okay, nobody's suggesting it, that just, that can't be true. It's my nature to hold a focus group. That was a, a default next step. So I held these focus groups in my living room. And one night I had a whole bunch of high school teachers over. And then on a different evening, I had a whole bunch of youth pastors over and went on with that for three or four different focus groups, just, you know, dessert and coffee in my living room. And I laid out the premise and said, "Is what do you do? You know, if, if you run across a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy, what are you suggesting? 
And they said, well, obviously it's, it's either abortion or parenting. So, you know, we have that conversation and they didn't think about adoption. Not one of those people that I had over in three or four focus groups thought about adoption or made a habit of suggesting it or bringing it up. And that's surprising, but maybe that's because we're in the adoption world that I find that so surprising, but that's just amazing. You know, and it's fun. What's funny is uh, before we, we started recording this interview, I was talking to my wife about uh, Unplanned Good and talking to you. And and she said, well, what is your audience? Your audience is made up mostly of people that are hoping to adopt or wanting to adopt or considering adoption. And what, what, what are they going to get out of your, your interview with Unplanned Good if, you're, if Unplanned Good's mission is to get the word out to expectant moms? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, it was an interesting point. And uh, it made me think about it a little bit more. And I think the answer really is... Uh, we've kind of talked about it a little bit that we all have uh, the ability and, and should get the word out about adoption to anybody that we have uh, in our little world, you know, the people that we are connected to. And for us, people that want to adopt and are hoping to adopt, I think it's encouraging because if there's only 2% or even less in California or Northern California there that are even considering or even know about adoption, I mean, like, we have nowhere to go but up. I think you've said that before too. We have nowhere to go to right. up but up. So that really helps us. It gives us some hope uh, that more women may consider adoption uh, for their child and, and placing right. them. Right. And the only study I've ever shown on this showed that if it is suggested by that mentor in their lives that these young women are 50% more likely to actually take it seriously. Mm, So we think that they're not listening. (laughs) We think our daughters and our (laughs) nieces aren't listening. But the truth is that when they're in crisis mode, they do need help and they know it and they turn to us. So that's that's why people in their 40s and 50s, it's it's important to keep it in mind. You'll have that opportunity. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit on about on your website. You got a lot of stuff on your website, unplannedgood.org. Let's talk a little bit about what's on there. I know when you first pull up the page, it's... uh, it's saying, Hey, do you have an unplanned pregnancy? You know, get information here, you know, start here. So can you talk about uh, some of that, uh, what you offer on your website? Sure. The, the number one thing that I'd like to highlight on the website are the testimonials, mm-hmm. because if we get to the point where a young woman considering her options, if she does have that first thought about adoptions, she doesn't know how it works. She doesn't know who to talk to. She doesn't know if her baby will feel negatively or positively about her decision. There are a series of testimonials on the website meant to address that girl in crisis mode. The first one is from birth parents and birth mothers specifically and capture in their story how they felt before or during the placement. And so the girl who's facing the unplanned pregnancy can read these testimonials and, oh, okay, now I get it. I could probably do that. Mm -hmm. And I can understand why I might want to do that. So then in addition to the testimonials on the site, the other big section is the resources that we hope to offer resources for adoptive parents as well as adoptees. Yeah. So you got a lot on your resources page, uh, um, even some from infant adoption guide. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but there's some good stuff there, uh, including books and, uh, just services, uh, information, blog 
articles and whatnot that that folks can read and uh, even stuff about creating an adoption profile which is really nice i think you're covering a lot of different things for folks uh so if you're listening to this and you are considering adoption i think this is a great website to go to just to learn more about adoption and how it works and uh, look at some of the resources that she's got on there what are the biggest challenges or struggles that you face or have faced since you've been around for a few years now? What are some <laughs> of the biggest challenges you've faced? Well, so one of them I'd say is opening up people's minds to this third option as we've discussed. And the second one is, um, or or an equally important one I'd say, is overcoming all the leftover stigmas from the days of closed adoptions. And that's evidenced and visible, especially in the vocabulary that people use. Because we changed from closed adoption as the norm to today, open adoption is much more the norm and the majority of the cases. But our vocabulary is still stuck in the days of closed adoption because we're still talking about giving up your baby as if it's the end of the relationship. And it's not. It doesn't have to be. So open adoption language would be more along the lines of making an adoption plan or placing your baby for adoption because those are proactive and loving terms that signify the amount of consideration and love and thought and intentionality that went into that birth mother decision-making process. So, being a mom through adoption and I've worked in the adoption world for a number of years with unplanned good, what has surprised you the most? I mean, obviously what surprised you initially was there was just (laughs) a lot of women weren't even considering the option of adoption. I get that. But uh, now that you've been in it for a little bit longer now and uh, have dealt with it a little bit more, what has surprised you the most about adoption? I think these young women who are facing unplanned pregnancy have no concept of what adoption could be. So they're starting to learn about it from scratch. So for example, when they find out that they can choose from 40 or 50 couples, as many as they would like to look at basically. So these young women who are facing unplanned pregnancy are very much in the driver's seat. So they have the choices about not only who to place their baby with, they can also make some very specific requests. For example, our birth mother who placed Sydney with us had decided that she wanted to place with a Christian couple. She wanted the Christian couple to be well-educated. So, And then she wanted um, her daughter to grow up in an extended family with lots and lots of cousins. So those happen to be her three criteria and any birth mother can decide what's important to them. But our family met her criteria for those reasons. We were Christian. My husband and I both had master's degrees and Sydney now has 16 cousins, Mm, (laughs) 16 first cousins. (laughs) So we met her requirements. And as soon as we found each other, uh, Sydney's birth mother was just completely convinced that all the pieces fell into place. And it was a no brainer almost for her. She said, Terry, this is what I'm going to do. This is it. Yeah, that's awesome. So being able to set those criteria is sometimes a surprise to these young women facing unplanned pregnancy. And it could be some Jewish couple. It could be a biracial couple. It could be a gay couple. It could be people who live on the East Coast, people who live in a farm. 
you know, there, there's everything under the sun and the birth mother can specify. And often they're shocked by that. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. we tell people that all the time because, um, when you're just starting into the adoption world as a hopeful adoptive parent, you're, you're wondering, what do I do? How do I put my best foot forward? How do I make myself, you know, really acceptable and desirable to <laughs> an expectant mom who, who has all the power in the world to choose me to be parents to her babies. So how do I do that? And we always say, you know, your profile is you, it is, it is exactly. telling the story of you and, and really what life will be like for her baby and your family. So that's mm-hmm. really the story you're trying to tell. You're not trying to be somebody or not. You have to be who you are because you never know what's going to make that match with that expectant mom. And that's that's a great thing about adoption uh, now with open openness in adoption is you you have that ability to make that connection and keep the connection throughout mm-hmm. your life. I mean, it, it, I look at it with our three adoptions. It's it's an extension of our family. Really, it's a, we are we've our family is broadened with our three kids' birth families. Yeah. And, and that's mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. That's good for everybody too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of options there. So you, you continue to have a open adoption then with your daughter's birth parents or birth mom? Yes. Yes. So, well, it didn't always start out open. And I'd say that my husband was one of those people who had a bit of hesitation about the vulnerability. And so once we got over that, um, it turned out that our birth mother, what she really wanted from us in terms of openness moving forward is as we were leaving the hospital, she said she wanted to um, make sure that I was going to promise to send her photos at least every other month. Hmm. And so, uh, and this was before we all had digital cameras or cameras built into our phones. So I would actually get 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 photos <laughs> developed at the drugstore and send them to her every other month. And then she would ping me just if I missed the two-month mark because <laughs> she was definitely looking forward to seeing those. And so we stayed in touch that way for the first five years while she um, graduated high school and she went on to a university in California. And after four years, she graduated the university and then she started. And so there was not much communication during that time. So even though technically it was an open adoption, I consider open adoption to be where on one side of it, it could be very restrictive and you just have a little bit of information about each other to a far more open other side of the continuum that involves daily contact. In between is completely fine. It's all up to whatever the involved people want it to be and what they're feeling comfortable with. And so we ranged and I over time and it changes over time too. So you can't possibly say the day that the baby is born, here's the plan for the next 18 <laughs> years. Right. That's just not realistic. So we started out with it being that level of openness where I was sending photos. So that's a one. She was not participating other than to receive the photos. And she finished college, started graduate school, actually. And then uh, after a year of graduate school, we as a country invaded Iraq and 911 happened. She actually sent me a letter and she said, Hey, Terry, I'm planning to join the military. 
when I finish officer training school, I'm going to request to be sent to Iraq. Wow. And in case I don't come back, I want to come visit Sydney. And so at this point, Sydney was in kindergarten. And so, you know, of course, we welcomed her into our home for the weekend. And we had that first meeting of everybody. And Sydney was only five. She couldn't probably have absorbed the whole story. But that was a turning point for us and, and for all of us. And then on was even more open than it had been before, where, you know, Sydney knew who she was, although not the whole story about, you know, what evolved, but uh, Sydney had known that she was adopted from the time that she was a baby. And then eventually, as a child is able to absorb all that information, all of the dots line up in their brains and they, they get it. And so now that when, when Sydney got into high school, I would take her at least once a year, which was an effort for me because she lived in Hawaii. She was in the military (laughs) still. She became career military. And um, so I would take Sydney to Honolulu to visit her at least once a year while she was in high school. And then once she graduated high school, I took her again freshman year of college and then and then eventually I just turned the whole relationship over to her and said, you two talk directly and make this whatever you want it to mm-hmm. be. And that w- turned out to be uh, good for everyone. So she talks directly with her birth mother That's whenever great. she wants to. That's great. And what a great place to go visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I want, and the message too was not just, yeah, I'm, I'm setting aside like my own work savings to make this trip happen. But, but the message was also, this is really important. And, and I want to pave a way for the two of you to be in each other's lives. And then you get to decide what you're actually going to do with it. But I'm not an obstacle here. I want to get out of the way and allow whatever you guys think is the right, um, the right relationship. Yeah, and on your website, you talk about open adoption and have a special section on it. And it really does, it's beautifully said because it does, it's what you just described. In the beginning, she wanted pictures because she really wanted assurance or, or yeah. an affirmation that she made the very best decision. This is exactly what you say on your website. You made She made the very best decision for her baby and yeah. gave her the life and the parents that yeah, that she couldn't provide. And then she could and continue her life goals and her life plans that she probably didn't even know what what they were at that moment. Right. So that's uh, it's a beautiful thing, yeah. and that's that's exactly open adoption right there. So and the fact that you did that and it was twenty years ago is amazing because, like you said, the conversion took a while to go from closed to open and to where we are now. Right. We're learning a lot of, I mean, we as a society are learning a lot about open adoption and why it's so important, especially to the mental health of the child, the adoptee. And when you think about it, um, the openness and the honesty that comes with open adoption is clearly, is clearly a benefit because as adoptive parents, which I would never call myself that except for on your show because we're talking about adoption. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So normally I'm just a parent, (laughs) Uh, but (laughs) normally, you know, we as parents, we want our kids to listen to us. We want them to trust us and they, and we want them to know that they're always getting the truth from us. 
and that what we say is not only truthful, but it's in their best interest. Mm -hmm. And so that's why that's the leg up we've got, right? That's the leverage we've got over their peers who will just say, go ahead and jump off that cliff. Yeah, we want to be trusted. We want to be believed and we want to be able to um, have our children count on what we tell them Mm. in open adoption. That's that's what it is. Whereas if it were closed, there's there used to be so much secrecy and it it was just a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it was completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the unplanned good as an organization, I, I noticed you had brought on some, um, a, a board or people to help you, uh, serve on the board for unplanned good. Can you talk a little bit about that as, cause I really think it's interesting the people that you brought on and their backgrounds and how they help, how they help you with this whole organization. My board is fabulous. <laughs> so the, um, right now we're a board of three, And so there's myself and then uh, Lisa is an adoptive mom and she was also a birth mom Mm. back in her teenage years. So her perspective is extremely helpful and insightful. And she keeps she keeps reminding me to broaden my perspective and not talk only about birth mothers, but also birth fathers Mm. and their role in the entire uh, decision making process. And so, you know, she's good for me in a lot of ways. And so we balance each other out. And the other person on my board, John, is an adoptee who who was raised in a closed adoption. He didn't know anything about it until he started researching it. And when he um, he set out, I think when he turned 40 and his children were very, very young, or it might have been when a second child was born, that he had the urge to look for his birth parents and find out what happened with them and where they are and what their life looked like and connect with them. So he did that. And so he connected with his birth family when he was in his forties and found out that he's got a few siblings on the East coast. So they're um, connected now and he's in relationship with not only his birth parents, but also his siblings. Awesome. And so they're both big fans of open adoption along with me. We're kind of the <laughs> quite, quite the cheerleading squad for open adoption. <laughs> well, that's good. Yes. Join, join the club. That's a, that's a great club to be part of. Uh, yeah. And then right. you have a, a couple people that are on your, what you call your advisory board. Can you talk about them a little bit too? And then the people on the advisory board, one is uh, my friend and pastor, uh, Dana Clifford, who is, here at a local San Jose church. And she was the one who actually was on the founding board with me. And she served on the unplanned good board for seven years before she moved off uh, to do other things. And so she was, um, you know, a sage council, especially in those early years when uh, we actually decided to go for it, make it into a nonprofit, incorporate, get IRS, tax exemption status and keep up our paperwork as a 501 C three. And so Dana was there. Dana has been there since day one. And then um, the other person on the advisory board uh, was also one of the early board members who moved on. I think she's got three kids now, so she's just way too busy to (laughs) to serve on a board at this moment in time. 
Uh, and so Katie is also uh, chiming in here and there about uh, how we might want to word something or structure something. All of them, you know, they review our our news our monthly newsletter as that goes out. And uh, just it's just nice to have people keep you uh, focused and keep your perspective balanced. Yeah, that's very great. Yeah. That's great stuff because uh, you certainly yeah. I mean, it's got to be overwhelming to to try to do it in any of it all yourself. Uh, so having people to help you with that is, is great. And, uh, what are your future plans for unplanned good then? So I, well, both to keep doing what we're doing right now, as well as expanding what we're doing right now. So, um, I'm doing, uh, speaking at national conferences annually to carry the word about adoption and, and help everybody to get equipped to recommend it when they have the opportunity and so speaking is a part of it. Monthly newsletter is a part of it. So I send that out on the 10th of every month. People who follow us, we're building up our um, Facebook and Instagram pages. And I have somebody devoted to that, and which actually we're, we're doing some, some good work on social media just recently. Relationships with pregnancy centers is uh, one of the things that I would like to put some additional focus on. We have these cards that are placed in the pregnancy centers. So they um, are something that a young woman can take home. And our Google Analytics that our site is most visited is like between 11 and 12 at night. Mm, interesting. Which tells me that these young women, when they're first exploring their options and they're feeling in crisis mode, they want to be able to do that initial research on their own. So I'm linked with the pregnancy centers here in in my own city, and uh, they help to carry the word. And then I have partnerships that can be expanded, you know, forevermore. There, I have partnerships with several others that are like-minded and carrying the word, and we want to support them whenever possible. Those are kind of the directions in for the future planning that yeah. I've got in mind today. That's great stuff. Yeah we all should be encouraged by that because uh, man, if we can make that 2% number go up, it's only going to help. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Everybody. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, even, even going to 10% is, is five times the number. I mean, that's, that's like you said, nowhere to go, but up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. as we wrap up here, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell people where to go, follow you, get more information uh, from unplanned good. Where can people go and follow you? So uh, most of the information is available on the Unplanned Good website at unplannedgood.org. And then also our Facebook page is quite active and Instagram also has some information. So coincidentally, I'll let you know that today, Facebook and Instagram, we're launching a campaign called Feedback Fridays, hmm. where our social media person is putting out a question, just how do you feel about adoption? Describe it in one word or whatever the question might be and inviting participation so that we can get more people engaged in actually uh, messaging with us, communicating with us, sharing their thoughts, the opinions of others who are following us. All of that is possible through uh, our Facebook page and our Instagram feed. And uh, so, uh, Feedback Friday is launching today, and I would invite anybody who would like to to inject their comments. And then also, if they go on uh, the website, 
unplannedgood.org, there's a monthly newsletter that just shares information about upcoming conferences or beautiful stories that I've run across. And um, we have some beautiful bookmarks that will just help them to keep adoption in mind. It says, be part of someone's miracle. Yeah, and, and they that, are beautiful. that's the yeah. viewpoint that we have. <laughs> And they are really beautiful. That's great. That's that's a very cool thing to do. So thank you for that. I, I think anybody listening to this should go and subscribe to the newsletter. And you can find it uh, on unplannedgood.org forward slash contact, or there's a contact uh, button at the top of the screen there that, on their website that you can go to and subscribe to their newsletter. So I invite you to go do that. And there's a donate button. So I think if you're so inclined and you would like to help out this nonprofit organization, do some more good. Uh, please consider donating. I think that yeah, that would be a great thing to further the cause. Thank you, Tim. Yes, the the donations, just to be clear about that, what that covers is either my travel to speaking engagements specifically or the cost of printing the bookmarks, maintaining the website and all of that. It's not going to anybody's salaries or payments or anything like that. Yeah, I find that just incredible that you are, are not taking a salary and just doing this um, um just for the good. <laughs> I mean, I understand you got a job and you need that to, to, to pay the bills and, and put food on the table, but uh, to do this on the side and do as much as you've done is just incredible. So I applaud you for all your efforts and as long as you've done it, which is great too. You know what? It's a labor of love. And I thank God every day for my daughter. And I think I truly believe that he tapped into me to combine my adoption story and my marketing career mm -hmm. in this nonprofit. And so I had no choice but to follow that direction, and that's why I did it. Well, you're a faithful follower, so I, that's 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 really <laughs> good stuff. I appreciate you coming on the show and just explaining what Unplan Unplanned Good is all about. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. All right. How awesome is Terry, right? I mean, she is doing some incredible things for the adoption world. I just love it. I love unplannedgood.org. Highly recommend you going over and checking it out, all the stuff that they're available on their website. And you can find the highlights and links that we talked about on today's show at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 76. And while you're there, there's some cool free stuff for you. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have a free adoption, find your adoption agency guide that's available at findmyadoptionagency.com. And also on the Infant Adoption Guide website, I can send you my four free adoption guides. It's gonna help you save time, money, and stress. All you have to do is give me your first name, email address, I promise to only send you great stuff all about infant adoption, and you'll be able to email me directly. So that's pretty cool, right? We can be adoption friends. So thanks for listening. Until next time, you are in my prayers as you go on the journey to build your family through infant adoption. God bless. Thanks for listening to my dad.